You know what, Sam? What? We're in our new home. Yes, we are. Coming to you from the heart of Kane's country, this is the Kaniac Report. Your number one source for everything Carolina Hurricanes, hot takes, predictions, game analysis, and NHL news. And now your hosts, Sam Wallace and Sam Driscoll. All right, we're back with another episode of the Kaniac Report. And yes, Sam, we are recording this on the kitchen table in our new apartments here in Cary. Great location. Um, but we are very happy because it really makes life a little bit better for us, especially the driving time specifically. So yeah, uh, we are recording this um, episode in our new apartment. We're very happy because it is our first so how do you feel, Sam, about being in this new apartment? Close to the arena, close to everything else. You're basically at crossroads. I mean, it's going to be much more convenient for everything, for work, for life. So I'm happy. Oh, yes, I am too. Now we are going to get to the podcast. So first things first, podcast news. We have a great promo with SeatGeek. You get 20% off of your first purchase if you type in Promo code Kaniac Report, all one word. It is a great deal. You should do it. And it's not just for Hurricane Games, it's for any events, either PNC or Red Hat Amphitheater. You should use it. It is a great deal. Another thing, too, we have a link for those who want to donate to us in our episode descriptions. It's a PayPal account. Uh, you'll find it in every episode description. So if you feel like you want to donate, there is a link for that. Uh, so now we're going to go to some NHL news. And Sam, there was a minor trade between Pittsburgh and Columbus. And I say minor because there weren't really <laughs> any big names. But that trade involved Alex Nylander going to Columbus along with a six-round pick. And Pittsburgh gets Emil Bimstrom, who is, I believe... Um, a pretty decent forward. I think Pittsburgh probably wins that trade because um, in 32 games, he's got 11 points. Yeah, not, not bad, but um, it's depth and he's a young player. Yeah. 24 years old. So I think of this as a trade as Pittsburgh may be trying to do a minor trade of trying to get a little bit of youth in, which they desperately need youth. They yeah. really do. They need a lot of youth. They're just not as as young as they used to be. I mean, if you look at their best players, they're all older. And then you look at their best player who's younger, and they're looking to move him uh, in Jake Ensel, and that's because they can't come to a contract. Uh, but to be fair, most of their cap is tied up in Crosby, Malkin, Latang, and um, uh, Carlson. Yes, just and they haven't really they haven't really admitted of going into a rebuild. And it's hard to sell that when you have Crosby yeah. and Malkin on the team, which puts management in an awkward position. Well, it does, but it also begs the question, you know, it's like at some point you got to do what's best for the franchise, and it's what's best for the franchise is you try to move Malkin, Crosby, and Latang. I would be shocked, but, I mean, it also wouldn't put it past me. I mean, just you have to remember when people say, oh, well, maybe they'll trade Crosby, and people are like, oh, you can't trade Crosby. And I remind them, Wayne Gretzky was traded. Multiple times. Yes, Not he once. was. He was traded multiple times. He was traded to L.A. and I believe the Rangers mm -hmm. late in his career. 
So if you're over here thinking that Wayne Gretzky can't, you know, if Sidney Mar- Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Chris Letang can't be traded, I hate to, I hate to disappoint you, but it is, um, it's possible. Yes, it is. So yeah, that's the trade between Columbus and Pittsburgh. Sam, um, another topic: Austin Matthews reaches 50 goals in 54 games, makes him the fastest to get that as a U.S. born player. Uh, you'll be surprised considering the U.S. Uh, players are involved, the likes of Mike Madonna and Patrick Kane and others. <sighs> you a little bit surprised by that? I'm a little. Just not much, but a little because Matthews is... I mean, what, what which tier would you put Matthews in? A generational player or a franchise player? I guess you could probably maybe do like in between. Yeah, I would say somewhere in that in between part because Matthews, I think, took a little bit before he came into this goal scoring abilities. I think he's probably the current greatest. He's probably the current top goal scorer in the league um, because Ovechkin's aging out of that. So, um, I mean, yeah, I think we're in that area. Uh, I don't think he is. Um, generational yeah i don't think he's generational that's connor mcdavid but he's like if you have franchise and generational yeah he's in that like right in between that where he's almost probably at that generational area but he he's an elite goal scorer the best goal scorer in the league probably right now um does he end up eventually passing Ovechkin and Gretzky? I think he got started a little too late to do that. But I mean, if he's popping sixty goal goal seasons, I mean, you never know. But I, I just, I don't know. If anyone has a chance to do it other than Ovechkin, it's probably Matthews. But we'll see. I mean, you never know. If he keeps popping sixty goal seasons, it's possible. Yeah, it definitely is possible. Um, I mean, we were talking a little bit about generational players. I mean, we we all know. Med- McDavid is yeah. a international player. Who else would you put in that category? Crosby, Malcolm. Crosby, Dreisaitl, would sorry, you put that? Crosby. No, I would not put Dreisaitl. Dreisaitl's good because of McDavid. Um, really? Dreisaitl's good. He's franchise. But he, he wouldn't be as good without Connor McDavid. Interesting. Um, Crosby, Ovechkin, Maybe. McDavid, I think are all generational guys. Um, I don't really think there's anyone else there that's generational. I think a player that's going to be up and coming probably in the next three Bedard. years is Bedard. I sure. think. I mean, right now he's he's a franchise guy because he's our best player. But once he starts popping off these hundred plus point seasons, which he's going to do because he's just that good, and we saw him right. I mean, Chicago wasn't good, but he was. Would you put Kucherov in mm, gen- generational franchise? Okay. Yeah, because him and Matthews are are, are pretty similar. Kudrow just more physical, but Kudrow same kind of goal scorer as 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 Matthews, and Matthews scores more than Kudrow. So what about Makar, would you name him generational? You know what? Yeah, I, yeah, I would. Makar, maybe even McKinnon are generational. I would probably lean more toward Makar than McKinnon. And you're like, oh, but Makar gets more points, or McKinnon gets more points. Yes, but Makar's a defenseman in racking up these points. So um, I mean, he's basically the modern version of Bobby Orr. Yeah, if you want. If you if someone were to ask me who is the best overall defenseman in the National Hockey League, it's Kale McCarr. Just yes, know, it is. If you ask me who's the best offensive defenseman in the National Hockey League, probably Carlson. Ask me the best defensive defenseman in the National Hockey League, probably Jacob Slavin. But the absolute top best on every category, it's Kale McCarr. Yes, and I, I completely agree with you there. 
Uh, but yeah, this is a fun topic to talk about. Like, who are the generational players of this league? Uh, very interesting to talk about that. But that's all for NHL news. Now we're going to get to some hurricane news. And Sam, there's only one big piece that came out this weekend. Mm-hmm. Elliot Friedman stated last night, as we were recording this on a Sunday night, uh, said that the Hurricanes have acquired interest in Jake Gensel from Pittsburgh. I am happy uh, because now, depending how this Buffalo game goes, I mean, we're in the second intermission, but I mean, Hurricanes might be going into a little bit of a slump. Offensive slump. Offensive slump. That's why I meant, yeah, offensive. So, slump. yeah, that news, um, which we haven't really articulated yet, but it's we're in on Gensel. Um, and you need to be, honestly, I think the Hurricanes need to be on any piece that makes them better. And Gensel is one of them. Yeah, Gensel makes you better, but I just Offensively. Wanna, but here, here's something to remember. And don't get, if you're a Hurricanes fan, don't get all excited thinking, oh, we're going to get Jake Gensel. Just remember one thing. This franchise isn't going to trade Nikishin. My bet is Pittsburgh's ask here is going to be, from us, it's going to have to involve Nikishin. So you have to think to yourself, are you willing to give that up? And some people are going to say yes. Some people are going to say no. I'm more in line of I'm willing to give up most players other than Gensel. I'm even willing to give up a roster player. You mean Nikishin? Nikishin, yeah. I'm willing to. Gi- I'm not willing to give up Nikishin. I'm willing to give up Mora. I'm willing to give him give up Bradley Nadeau. I'm willing to give up a first round pick, a second round pick, and Marty Natchez. Like these are all players I'm willing to pat. You know, to move on. I'm willing to give up. Um, what uh, about Terrible? Yeah, because now one thing I do think we need to talk about, and we'll just put this in the Hurricanes news, um, the deployment of Teravainen. Sure, he's on the fourth line playing with KK. And Nason. Yeah. Now on paper, that looks like a pretty good fourth line. But and they've been playing okay lately. They're just they're everybody on that line is uh, isn't exactly inclined to shoot the puck, and that's the problem. And no. then let's take a look at the Hurricanes third line. It's Jeff Skinner, Jordan Stahl, Jordan Martin. The only one on that line who's willing to shoot is is Jarvis. Did you say Jeff Skinner? I was about to, but we're playing Buffalo. So yeah, yeah. Just, and Jeff Skinner had just scored because we're in the second intermission right now. He scored in the uh, second period. Um, second line: um, Drury, Natchez, Bunting. Bunting. Now I mean, that line's playing a lot better. It is, but if you look at that line, even like Natchez isn't necessarily like a shoot first kind of guy. And then you look at the first line: Aho, um, Svech, and. Um, Oh, Fetch and Fox. The only one on there who might be shoot first is Fetch, but even he's kind of getting pass happy. But everyone on the team right now is pass happy, They're trying to be too unselfish. Aho is at least Aho's scoring. Yeah, Aho's the only guy scoring. Which I mean, that's good because he's your best player. But at the same time, it means that you need more depth scoring. But uh, with Tara Vinen playing on that line with Aho and uh, possibly Fetch, I would feel better. A little bit than terrifying playing with KK. Would you, Sam? Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think at this point, your first line needs to be Aho, Terravine, and, and Jarvis. And you can make your second line Drury, Natchez, and Bunting. And Bun- well, no, Drury, Natchez, and um, Jarvis. Svech. Or Svech. Svech. Yeah. First line Tavo, Aho, Jarvis. Second line Drury, Natchez, Svech. Third line, Stahl, Martin, Fast. Fourth line, uh, KK, um, Bunting, Nason. 
Okay, okay, but okay, yeah, I could probably go with that, but I, I do think Tara Vinan, I mean, I want to obvious he's being put there just to help with KK. Well, at this point, but, the, the problem is Tavo's not a shooter, like, yeah, he's not. KK, like, look, if you want KK to start getting points, or if you want KK to start shooting the puck, then you got to tell him you got to start shooting the puck. Right? I mean, it's not going to do any good if you put a playmaker on if he's going to shoot the puck, but KK is passing just as much as Tavo passes all the time. So I just, I don't know what else to do. And I mean, like, we just finished the Buffalo game, and it's just this inability to score, too much passing. You know, I'll take the point. I do. Yeah, I'll take the point too, but I mean, I do. And, and I said it to you while watching the game. I think part of the solution with the offense is realizing that stall line, even though, yeah, you need to score every now and then, they're not the source for offense. No. And you need to realize that. I think you need to have, have the perspective that each line needs to have a purpose, not just every line needs to have a score. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's no. that's. I mean, to me, that's my opinion. But I, I, I do think each one needs to have a purpose. At this point, that's in the situation that you're at. I agree. So, uh, I mean, that's that's just our perspective on Tara Vinen, and, and we both agree he needs to be up playing uh, with the big guys. Um, and I also agree with Adam Gold. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if at this point KK gets scratched. I really, mm. I really don't. Uh, but we're going to now get to the Hurricane Games. Yeah. But before we do, let's get to our sponsor. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boo Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 24. All rights reserved. Okay, Sam, the Dallas game. Now, first things first. Uh, before we even talk about the Dallas game, uh, there was at a certain amount of time, and I, for, for me it was the first period, but uh, this did happen on the day that we were moving. And now it was an 8 p.m. game, but we were still putting up the finishing touches of us moving. So I did miss some of the game. And I don't know if you missed some of the game or not, but I did. I missed some of the game too. Honestly, 
I was so tired. I just didn't care as much as I probably normally would. Yeah, so that's kind of well. That's both of our perspectives. Both of us were tired last night. Last night. So keep that in mind as we're trying to analyze this game. And to be honest, I I do want to say this too. I think it's very important to point out that Dallas came in on a four-game losing streak, and we came in with a four-game winning streak. Yeah, and Dallas. So Dallas was desperate. They were desperate. They needed to win. They want to be top in their division. And um, it's it's them, Winnipeg, and Colorado trying to fight it out for. And Carolina was very good defensively. I have no problem with their defensive game lately or goaltending lately. These two games against Buffalo and Dallas have nothing to do with Kochetkov or Martin playing poorly. It's a matter of the offense playing poorly. You can't win games by scoring one goal, sometimes even two, um, which Carolina did against Buffalo. But we've gone now Florida, Dallas, and um, Buffalo. Buffalo. And the combined goal scores in three games, you've only scored four goals. That's the problem there, right there. It's not Martin because you've only allowed one, three and five and three. So, right? I mean, you allowed one, you allowed nothing against Florida. Sorry, I think that's math is wrong. You allowed nothing against Florida. You allowed only two. two against and then Dallas. you allowed, technically, you allowed only two tonight against Buffalo because a shootout goal didn't really count towards the goaltender save percentage or goals against. So, but yeah. Uh, I mean, first period, Sam, Jason Robertson, arguably one of their best players, scores. Uh, and then you have Ajo scoring on a breakaway. This was a time in the second period that I, that I actually started watching it. Yeah, that's kind of what I was starting um, to watch, too. And, and, of course, I watched the whole third period. But, I mean, I, I actually thought Carolina played a lot better against Dallas than they did against Buffalo. Now, you could say with Buffalo, it's the third game in four nights, which is fine, but when you look at the offensive numbers, uh, that can't be an excuse. Yeah, and uh, and again, I think they got screwed a little bit with the officiating tonight because that goal... That from, was not a hand pass. Yeah, that, that should have counted. And then if that counts, it's a different game. Um, Carolina probably wins it in regulation. So, yeah, if you want to put this game on officiating, I can't argue too much with you, but... Carolina I, just wasn't good Buffalo against Buffalo. They had energy against Dallas. I thought the first period Carolina was dominant. Um, I thought oh, yeah, the they second were. period I think it was a little even, and I think the third period I started tilt a little bit toward Buffalo. I thought that then, started in the second period. I, I guess uh, that second period and to the rest of the game, Carolina just was on their game personally. But I think um, at the end of the day against Buffalo, I mean, you need to score more. And you didn't. You should have. You should it's have more telling against a team like Buffalo than yeah. it is with Dallas and Florida because those are good, really good teams. Oh well, yeah, because uh, Buffalo Ukapekalukan ain't that good. And well, nine fifteen save percentage. That's that's pretty good. I'll give it to him. But is their defense that's just not good, even though they have tons of potential? Yeah, and that was the problem. And look, I think Buffalo is a really good team. Eventually, they're going to make the playoffs. It doesn't look like it's going to happen this year. Um, I feel sorry for Jess Skinner, <laughs> but and who scored tonight um, as well? He's a hurricane killer. A lot of former Hurricanes do well against us. Um, even Derek Ryan, I think, gets points against us pretty much. Derek all the time. Ryan, really? Yeah, again, uh, Edmonton, because usually he plays. With, I think he plays with like McDavid when he plays us. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's a disappointing loss. 
these last two. At least you get a point in one of them. So you get one out of a possible four. I'll take it. Um, we're going to be at PNC Arena on Tuesday for the away game because they're having a season ticket member event. So that'll yes, be fun. Yes, they are. I think that is going to be a pilot for them for the playoffs. Yeah. Well, Minnesota, I think, on paper is better than Buffalo. It in is. In my opinion. They are. I think, Carol, I think we beat them last time we played. No, we lost. No, we lost. So, so. we'll have some of a, a revenge factor against Minnesota. Um, and then you're you finish against the finish the road trip against Columbus, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a game where you have to win. Yes, you should have won against Buffalo, in my opinion. Yeah. I feel but like you need to win these next two. You got to win these next two games. Where I would have looked at, oh, you beat Buffalo, you can lose to Minnesota or get a point in Minnesota and be okay, and then you need to go in and and beat Columbus. But now it's. Well, now I want you to win. Now you feel like you need to win against Minnesota and Columbus. And you got to put up more than two goals in both games. Yes. You're both not, games. Especially when you're playing a team that has Kirill Kaprizov. Yes, definitely. Uh, even though I Minnesota, I could see them a little bit as a team like Islander. The Islanders were when they had John Tavares. Mm-hmm. Just if you shut that one player down, you can probably win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um but, I mean, that Dallas game, I thought they were mostly pretty good. It was mistakes, though. I mean, that Kachekov, even though I thought he was good, I mean, that Wyatt Johnson goal, that second goal that ended it, eh, probably want to have that back. Yeah, but you're not going to, you can't blame the goalie if you've only scored one goal. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you can't expect Kachekov to get, like, shut out after shut. That's not reasonable or fair to expect from your goaltenders. Yes. And I was a little, I mean, th- here's the thing. After watching both the Dallas and the Florida game, I mean, losing this game, I was a little bit more like, okay, you gave your heart out against Florida because that that game, I mean, was a playoff game. I would say even more so a Stanley Cup final playoff type of game because both teams were just really, really going. And Dallas, even though you played decently, it wasn't near what you played against Florida. So, I I mean, considering that you won against Florida, lose against Dallas, to me, I think that is acceptable because those are two teams that are very, very good. If you can win one of the two, I am fine with that. And they did. So, I'm fine with that. This Buffalo game, though, which we'll now get to more specifically, a little bit more issues. Because, again, I know it's the third game out of four nights, but you just cannot um, allow this game to end when you're only scoring two goals. Because you only scored one goal against Dallas, one goal against Florida. Can't let this become a trend. A player that I thought was not good at all was Fetch. And he needs to pick it up. Yeah, he does. Um, if not, if he can't do anything by the end of this road trip, I know we talked about... Like, is about, he 100%? I know we talked about scratching KK for a game, which I would honestly consider doing. Um, oh, I would too. But if Svech can't get it together, he's here for another several years. It, it is a weapon you can use against him to scratch him for a game. It's something I feel I wish Rod would do a little bit more regularly. Again, you can't do it all the time because this loses its potency, but it's something you can do, and you should take advantage of it. Again, Carolina did very well, even with Svech out of the lineup. 
and they'll do fine with him on the line. Lemieux's shown he can play good. Sure, and I honestly, I say, if Svetch goes in to Minnesota and plays like hot shit, um, scratch him against Columbus. The team you should beat with or without Svechnikov. Yes. Now, I think scratching KK is a bit better than scratching Svetch because you obviously have more high-end talent, and the points do show that Svetch is more productive sure. than KK. And I would and I would honestly do that against Columbus. Columbus is the game you could scratch one of those guys and be okay. Um, yes, you start with KK, and then you move to Svetch. But Columbus is the guy, is the team that you can do that with. And you can scratch KK and bring up Vasily Ponomarev if you want. Yeah, that's to. what I would do. And throw him in, or throw, um, or throw Lemieux in, and let Jarvis or Natchez play center. Uh, I'm starting to lean toward the thought of I've seen of letting Jarvis or Natchez play center. I don't know the negative. I, I don't understand why you don't get let Natchez try. He wants to play it, um, especially when you need a top top six or a top um, top six center. Second line center. I mean, Natchez is easily skilled enough to do that job, and he's gotten better of handling the puck this season. Sure. He has. So pick one: Jarvis or Natchez. Let one of them become your second line center. I don't really care which one, but choose one because if you're too cowardly to go out and acquire one, because there really isn't much left. I really don't think there's any top six centers left. I think there's a couple of top nine centers. So left. there's Henrik that's <laughs> on the block. Henrik's more of a Boone third line. Jenner. Boone Jenner's not on the block, though, so that'll cost you. Um, I mean, Zegris, maybe. I think he's a center. Um, yeah, he's a center, but that's going to cost you a lot more than the likes of like a Boone Jenner player. Like I said, there's no top six center left. And at that point, I say just sign Eric Stahl and be done with it. Um, but, I mean... It, but here's the thing, though. If there's no top six center left on uh, on the market then that should be okay because the Hurricanes, part of their M.O., is making it is making it an actual hockey trade, not just going for a rental. Sure, maybe there's something out there that's so, actual hockey available. Yeah. Uh, Ottawa's going to look to sell. Um, if you're not, 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 I'm not talking about Tarasenko. Maybe they got some other players on the roster. Josh saw, Norris. Yeah, but Norris. That contract. I saw, I saw something about Brady Kachuk being available. He's not a center, though. Um, if I was really looking to move on, I, I would just be surprised at that. But although I honestly, I would trade Natchez for Brady Kachuk because he's that good. Um, I mean, you could take a look at other teams. Pittsburgh's got some players, Gensel, Malkin. Because um, if you think they're not going to be willing to talk about Malkin, I think that's I, I think that's a mistake. They probably will be willing to move Malkin. And you're probably thinking, why would you trade Natchez for Malkin? Well, Natchez, well, Malkin's a center, and you're trying to win now, <laughs> so it's like. Yeah, in the long run, it's going to suck because Natchez is going to be playing in five years and Malkin's not, but you need a second-line center and Malkin's there. Now, I'm not saying any of this is out there available. We're just speculating, but you need a center. And if Carol- and if there is no like available second-line center, at that point, you look at your hockey trade, right? Okay, you know you're not going to sign Natchez. Is there a center out there that maybe a team is like, oh, I really would like Natchez as a part of a deal? Go ahead and make that move. Maybe Toronto is looking at it. Mitch Marner's up and not this coming off season, but I think the following off season, um, do you go look at them and say, Hey, you know, what, what can we do to make a deal for Marner work? You know, there's just, there, there's like hockey trades maybe out there that you could look at any roster or any team out of a playoff spot or looking to get better. I think if you're looking at Toronto again, I don't think it's necessarily likely they trade Marner, but that's the guy. If they're going to move someone, it's Marner and that would help them with cap. 
because they they need help with cap. I, 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 <laughs> they do, but I just can't see them trading Marner in order to solve that problem. That would be if they're smart, they do move on from Marner because they need to. They need to. They move on from Tavares. Sure, I mean maybe. And look, is Tavares's contracts? What he got two years left on his contract or something like that? Um, John Tavares, he has two years left at eleven million so, dollars. Yeah, well, two years at eleven. That's not horrific. Um, I have either. them retain half. That's what I would do. I don't know if they'd retain half, but if you could get them to retain like a third, another team to attain like a half. Maybe and he works. has a no movement clause, so he'd have to be willing to move. But Toronto needs to move either Marner or Tavares eventually. Um, Tavares would fit in Carolina, I think. He's a good player, good second-line center, so that's a hockey trade. He's a veteran player. Yeah, he's a guy you would look towards to possibly win a cup. So if you're looking at a hockey trade, Tavares is someone maybe you could look at. Um, Granted, because the hockey trade could be with even a team in the playoffs because teams will look up to shore up some some plays. If a team needs speed, to, you know, Natchez is a guy. Maybe they've got a second line center, but they need speed. So you get you get move Natchez for the center. I don't really know of anything off the top of my head that I've seen. I've seen a couple of things. Uh, I've seen some. If you're looking for scoring, and that's all you care about, Butchnevich uh, from St. Louis. Um, I heard. Gensel. I heard Frank Vitrano. Um, I mean, I'm okay with but that. That probably won't again, cost you too much. Again, like here's the thing, like, yes, you have to play defense on this team, but I keep coming back to the time where Carolina almost signed Tarasenko. Like and we know Tarasenko probably doesn't play defense. Granted, I haven't seen him play, but I mean the Hurricanes are willing to get players who defense isn't really their MO. So I don't want to hear this thing of, well, we can't get him. Canes, I think I've been trying to get any player if they can bring offense. Yeah. Like, and so like, can we stop with this? Yeah. I mean, and I, I, think, I, I keep hearing that. and it's just, it's just so annoying. And I think we're at the stage where if we don't win this year, I think you have to retool, and you're in prime position to do so. Um because you can let some people go and go to free agency because there's going to be free agents available, right? If, if Gensel doesn't get signed, he's going to be free agent. Lenton doesn't get signed. Well, they, they're going to have to because half of those team is going to free agency. Yeah. So you sign some, some walk, you do the retool, right? So you, if you let Pesci go, you let Pesci go. Um, you can let some players go. You can let Tavo go. If they do a retool, it's going to be out of, of the hypocrisy of the management. Yeah, it really is. And at because some point, Tom Dundon, I could totally see him being like, "Listen, um, I want, I want to spend money only on the players, but we're also going to be cheap because we're going to win every signing, every trade, or take advantage of it. You're not going to have a team. No. You're not if you have it like that. And that's an unfortunate." mentality to have it's going to cost you some and sometimes people are like oh you can't go all in to win a cup well carolina went all in when they won the cup right they, they did ducky weight mark Recky. they did and now here's the thing and tampa is another example of teams who've gone all in and they've won two back-to-back cups so teams do that and if you don't have to necessarily go all we'll see in, how we'll see how vancouver does this season because they sure. went all and in. yes sometimes now, you can go rangers, all in and do nothing like the rangers they went all in <laughs> And they couldn't do it. But Boston did it with Hampus Lindholm, 
Didn't do it. And I'm not saying you have to go all in and go out and get everybody and have to sacrifice all of your futures, but Caroline is in a position to give up some futures for now. We have a lot of futures. Yes, you do. You have a lot of draft picks. You got some young players out there you can move. You got Suzuki. You got Panamaro. Are you saying you're going to let Suzuki walk when you know he's going to fetch something because some team is going to use him because they're not good and they're going to give him a shot? I trade Scott Morrow. Scott Morrow, he's your top prospect. You're probably willing to move, so turn him into Gensel. Exactly. And you have a sec- extra second round old. pick. Guess what's really old? Pittsburgh's defense, really old. They have no replacement for Latang or Carlson. Morrow's a good replacement there. Yeah, well, we will see. I believe the trade deadline is uh, next week. Next week on Friday. We'll see what happens. Um, I'm hoping, Sam, before uh, trade deadline approaches, that we get to see Anderson on the ice. I think that is very important to see yeah. before a trade deadline. you got to put him in there for a few games. He's on the trip. See how he is. And maybe you play him against the next team that is Minnesota. Play him against Minnesota, play him Columbus. against Columbus. Yes. But, yes, you got to get him in because then at that point you have to decide, are you going to waive a goalie? Are you going to trade a goalie? What are you going to do? Because you got four, none of which can be sent down. So you're not just going to let one go. You're going to carry three. You're in a position now where you can't not carry three. I saw something where Ronta can just get sent down. I don't know if that's necessarily true. But if you're choosing a goalie to send down, it's Ronta. It is, and I don't really w- want to test that area of waivers and lose a goalie for nothing. Yeah, no, because you can trade one. There are teams if you can there. trade one and get something out of it, maybe like a depth forward, sure. at least a depth forward, or even a, I'd do it. An eighth defenseman. Or an eighth defenseman. Yes, exactly. Like, I would do that because there are some things need to address. Sure. Yeah, I have no problem with, with a move like that. Um, because at that point you can get whatever you can get for um, Ronta. And goalies are Martin. in high demand. Sure. They just are right So now. if you can get whatever you can get from Martin and Ronta, I think you're in a spot now where that's good because if you throw one through waivers, they're going to get claimed. Ronta or Martin will be claimed because Ronta had been playing well and Edmonton, Martin's playing well. Apparently Edmonton almost got Ronta yeah. um, off of waivers the first time he came in, but they decided not to do it. So don't 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 test the waters of... With waivers. You, you don't know what team's going to be out there, but go, oh, we'll take a shot on him. Yeah. I could totally see Edmonton doing that. Because doing that. We're, at the, um, we're at the deadline. His cap isn't as high anymore. So, yeah, we'll see. But, um, yeah. How is it, Sam? Oh. First episode back in our new apartment. It's, yeah. gonna, it's so nice moving forward with these episodes in this new apartment. Um, and it's going to be fun. PNC is just 15 to 15 yeah. minutes away. And we'll make some appearances at the Canes bars too, because that'll be fun. Oh, yeah, definitely. It really would be. So, yeah, we will see you guys Friday. Thanks for listening to the Kaniac Report. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. Can't get enough of the Kaniac Report? For more content or to connect with the Sams, Check them out on Instagram and Twitter at The Kaniac Report. We'll see you next time.